Inspired by the life and legacy of Rachel Scott, Rachel's challenge has brought hope to over 25 million people. I have this theory that if one person can go out of their way to show compassion, then it will start a chain reaction of the same. People will never know how far a little kindness can go. Every year, hundreds of suicides are averted and bullying and violence decrease as students accept the challenge to bring kindness and compassion to their schools and communities. This podcast exists to continue Rachel's chain reaction of kindness and compassion by hearing from incredible people who are doing inspirational work to make this world a better place. Hey everyone, welcome to the Rachel's Challenge podcast. I'm your host, Matt Kinzera, and I'm so thankful that you joined us today. I trust that you are doing incredible work spreading kindness and compassion wherever you are. This week, ladies and gentlemen, we have a veteran presenter with Rachel's Challenge, all the way from the great state of Michigan. Today, we hear from Kiana Williams. Well, Kiana, thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the Rachel's Challenge podcast. Such an honor to have you on the show. Why don't you start by just giving the listeners a little bit of an overview of who you are and what you're up to these days. Well, I am extremely excited to be on this. I think it's an honor to be able to share stories about my time on the road with Rachel's Challenge. I've been working as a motivational speaker or public speaker for the last I want to say nine or 10 years. I started off with a company called Making It Count. We went from uh, schools all the way from freshmen in high school to freshmen in college and talked to them about being successful. And now I do fundraising in schools. I help administration and PTO groups raise money for uh, whatever their needs are. So I'm always, my heart is always in the school. That's one of the things that I love about so many of the presenters and people engaged with Rachel's Challenge is that even outside the work of Rachel's Challenge, People like you, Kiana, are fully engaged in the youth of our world and of our society. And so I love that. And that speaks a lot to who you are. I know many of the presenters, including myself, get asked the question, how did you ever end up being a presenter for Rachel's Challenge? How did you first encounter this organization? And what was it that caused you to want to be involved on the level that you are today? Well, there were some speakers that were already working for Making It Count. And first of all, Making It Count lost its funding. And I was in a place where I felt like I had found my calling, which was being an inspiration. I had worked in marketing and I worked in advertising. I had been on the business side, an entrepreneur. But I realized that making a difference in the lives of youth was really important to me. And I didn't even realize it. Once that company lost its funding, I was at a loss. I was like, I can't go back to pushing paper. I have to do something that makes more of an impact. And there were two speakers there that worked for Rachel's Challenge. And they said, oh, if you've never heard about the company, which I hadn't, of course, I knew about the event itself. I knew about Combine, but I didn't know that there was this organization that was out there kind of grassroots, making a difference in the lives of young people day in and day out. I did not know anything about it. And I didn't know Rachel's story. And the only thing that both of these speakers said to me was, look into it. I promise you it'll change your life. And I've been here for the last nine years now working for Rachel's Challenge. Kian, I love the fact that when you figured out what you were meant to do on this earth, be an inspiration and a motivational speaker for young people, when you figured that out, you didn't allow a 
downturn, like the organization you were working for losing their funding, you didn't allow that to knock you off your course and your path in life. You just kept moving forward and looked for the next open door. And I think that is an incredible trait that we can all learn from. What was it specifically when you heard about Rachel's challenge? What was the main thing that caused you to want to be a part of it? Honestly, it was the story and the impact that I saw it having. I knew it was an emotional story. And I remember the first time I saw even a snippet of the presentation. Um, It was a video and it was another speaker who's a good friend of mine now doing the presentation. And I'm sitting in my living room and I'm bawling my eyes out, like just from watching the video. And I liked that it was a tactile approach. It gave actual challenges and the responsibility, not only as a collective, but an individual responsibility to make a change and that you could be the change. And it was all told in this really impactful way. To me, I feel like in order to make a change or or to get people to change their actions, you have to touch their heart to get them to change their mind. And it kind of lined up exactly with what Daryl and Rachel's challenge was trying to do. So I was like, "I I have to do this. And the fact that I was sitting on my living room couch crying my eyes out from a three-minute video. I was like, yeah, this is it. (laughs) I'm I'm hooked. I got to do it. (laughs) Yeah. You can never underestimate the power of emotion that a story can bring out. And I know for myself, for you, Kiana, for so many others, thousands, millions of people across the world have been impacted in similar ways, you know, ways that they hear this story and something about it, some part of it grabs their attention and brings about emotion that then often leads to change or direction, which is so very powerful. One thing I'm fascinated about is there's so many wonderful people in this world, and just about all of us have this desire to make a difference, but so many of us struggle to know how we can do that. And I know a lot of people, even though they have a desire to want to make an impact in this world, oftentimes just can't figure out how to start doing that. So what was it, Kiana, in your life? What was it that caused you to become the type of person you are, a person who lives her entire life making an impact and a difference in the lives of everyone around you? You know, honestly, it had to be when I had my children because prior to this, I was all business. You know, I was all about working in the advertising industry. I was all about money, basically. How can I put myself in the best position to have everything that I want? And as you start to move throughout the world, you realize that there's so much more and that people are looking for more than just money. They need to connect. Then I start, when I started having my children and seeing them in school and the way that they were interacting, it lined up with what I had gone through in school. And I just realized that we have to do things that matter on a day-to-day basis. Even if it's just single acts of kindness, it has to matter. Whatever I do, where I spend my time throughout a day, it has to make a difference. My babies were kind of like the launching point. I saw that they were experiencing things that I had been going through when I was in high school and or middle school or elementary. And then it was on a whole different level. And I realized it was still work that needed to be done. And I just wanted to be a part of it any way that I could. All of us, including myself, Kiana, who are parents, can totally relate to that story because I've got two teenage daughters and I've watched them grow up and go to school and try to discover who they are and all of those things. 
And it's difficult because you do see them going through the same thing that you went through when you were young. We're all looking for acceptance. We're all trying to find our place in this big wide open world and sometimes that's really challenging now when i went through it it might look different than when my kids are going through it now but it's still a lot of the same core issues that we're dealing with which again is a huge part of why rachel's challenge is such a powerful thing and we know that rachel's challenge is as powerful as it is because of rachel's story who she was, what she stood for, the people she stood up for, the people she befriended, just everything about her is what makes our presentations so powerful. And then we as the presenters, as we go out there and do the presentations, we have the great fortune to be able to experience the stories that come out of those people, those young people who hear Rachel's story and are inspired by it. So I know, Kiana, you've been doing this for nine years now, but do you think it's possible to pick from those nine years one story that stands out to you as just a really powerful and meaningful moment? We do this all the time, right? We always reminisce as speakers, like what happened this past season, what stuck with you. And every season, there's something that is so powerful that happens, whether it's an effect that I feel like I or the story itself or the program has had or whether it is a student or staff member that's had an impact on me. So it's kind of hard, but I've been thinking about this. I'm going to get it together. We do this program called Chain Reaction. And if you think your presentation days are impactful and powerful and moving and inspiring, spend that, that Chain Reaction day with the students. It is crazy. The transformation that you see happen in students from the time they walk in the door to when you leave, oh, it's nothing like it. So we were doing chain reaction and it's basically, you know, 100 students in a, in a room, 25 adults, and we do activities and games to break down barriers and connect them. And my goal is always to make them feel like family. I want them to feel like they have a genuine connection to the people that are in that room. And sometimes it's more of a struggle than others, right? So I'm at this middle school and it's a middle school in Michigan and I'm with my partner and we're working through this day. It's not the ideal situation because we're in a, in a library instead of in the gym. We're cramped. The students are very closed off, but they start to, to open up towards the end. And then we do this thing called whole group share at the end of chain reaction. And this girl stood up and she said, some of you know me and some of you don't, but I want to kind of tell you who I am and why I'm the new girl at this school. And she looked at her counselor who was actually sitting close to me and she said, is it okay if I tell my story? And the counselor looked at her and said, it's your story, basically you can. And from the look on the counselor's face, I could tell that this was about to be something heavy. Like I could just tell like she was nervous about her opening up and sharing her story. So the girl looked at everyone and said, a lot of you guys know that I just started here this year, but you don't know why I started here this year. She said, I had to leave the last school that I was at because I was being picked on and bullied. She started to open up and talk about how she was raped by her uncle. And there were some other 
things that were going on in her family. And there were students that found out about it at her school and they bullied her and picked on her for it. And that just, as a mother, broke my heart. And she was sobbing as she was telling this story. I could look around the room and see that there were other students that were sobbing and telling her story. And she said, the only place that I've felt comfortable is in my, my counselor's office. And the counselor's crying at this point. And she looks at the counselor and says, thank you for being there for me. She said, I don't have a whole lot of friends. I came today um, because my counselor made me, but I'm happy I was here. And she started crying and she put her mic down. And before she went back to her seat, there were about 15 to 20 students that walked up to her and just embraced her and hugged her and cried. I'm about to get emotional, think about it. It was so powerful because um, I had never seen that. This was still early on in me presenting. I had never seen a young person be embraced at that level for being so vulnerable and open and talking about something that was extremely personal, extremely private, extremely painful. And I'd watch this girl throughout the day and she would not smile, she would not laugh. When we were playing games, I think I saw her smile once eating baby food. Like, cause that's just, it's goofy and silly. But she was very closed off. For lunch, she sat by herself. We asked them to sit in groups so it's like a working lunch. She didn't want to participate in anything. And to see her embraced by her peers and shown that she matters and what she's gone through is not the end of the world and there are people there that support her and care for her. Even if it was just for that moment and that day, to me, I was like, I'm hooked for life. Like, this is it, I have to do this. Like, <laughs> to see that on a day-to-day -day basis is amazing. What a powerful story. Thank you so much, Kiana, for sharing that. And just a great reminder that no one is beyond hope and all of us need the same thing. And sometimes it's the people that are the most quiet or the most outspoken or getting into the most trouble. Oftentimes, those people are just the ones that are looking for what we all want, which is acceptance and meaning and kindness and compassion. Kiana, maybe a more personal question here, if you don't mind me asking, but how has Rachel's challenge changed you personally? The thing that, that I kept hearing is, you know, once I first started speaking for Rachel's challenge is that it will change your life, right? You can't share this day in and day out, see the impact of it, and it doesn't change you on a very personal level. To be honest, sharing the message of kindness, compassion, forgiveness, and the fact that you matter and you're important. Those messages are something that has changed me as a mother. It has changed me as a human being. It makes me more conscious and aware. It makes me more observant to see the opportunities that I can make someone's day. And it created this desire in me to, to have genuine connections with the people that I come in contact with. We as human beings, we just need it. We crave it. And if we don't get it in a positive way, we'll get it in a negative way. So my goal is to, to make genuine, positive connections with people because you never know, you might be that person or that act of kindness might be that thing that gives them the strength to make it to the next day.
and then to the next day and then pay it for it to someone else. So I genuinely believe that you can start a chain reaction. It's not just a cliche or something corny that we say, your actions matter. And Rachel's challenge has taught me how truly powerful it is to put that positivity out there on a day-to-day basis and try to connect with people. For those of you listening to this podcast right now who have never seen a Rachel's Challenge presentation, you do not have to wait until Rachel's Challenge comes to your school or community to start making a chain reaction of kindness and compassion in your circle of influence. There are people that are desperately needing others to reach out to them, and you could be a person today that makes a huge impact in someone else's life. Kiana, wrapping this up, where do you see hope in our culture? So often we live in this negative culture where everybody is pointing out other people's flaws and we've had a rough year this year. And so there's a lot of negativity going on right now. Where are the places that you see hope right now? I think as a culture, one of the things that is not displayed often enough is compassion. People are just operating from a place of what's right for me and the people that are like me and not willing to look at experiences from a place of compassion. I think that's a big challenge. I also think that people aren't, I know we say this word a lot, but truly they're just not connected. They're not connected. They're not operating from a place of compassion. And it is affecting the way that we speak to each other, the way that we treat each other, and the way that we diminish each other's experiences. We're just not in a place where we're willing to hear and try to connect genuinely. Some of that might be from people thinking that they don't matter and they've never mattered and they, you know, their experiences don't count or they're being diminished. And I just feel like the underlying message of truly operating from a place of compassion is something that never gets old. It never gets worn out. It never gets corny. It is absolutely essential to us as human beings to operate from a place of compassion, regardless of religion, regardless of politics, regardless of opinions. It has to be from a compassionate place. And I value that so much more now with my experience with Rachel's Challenge, because of course we think of ourselves as compassionate and we might even have a compassionate thought, but how many of us actually put that into action? The challenge is that Rachel, how she lived her life, it always challenges me to be more compassionate. The the values of Rachel's challenge and the challenges themselves always prompt me to actually put that compassion into action. And that's something that I'll forever be grateful for. And one of the biggest lessons that I learned working with Rachel's challenge. Special thanks to Kiana Williams for joining us today on the podcast. What an absolute inspiration if you want to support this show please subscribe to it give it a five-star rating and write a review for more information on rachel's challenge go to rachelschallenge.org and of course accept rachel's challenge to look for the best in others to dream big be a positive influence speak and act with kindness and start your own chain reaction